Good morning. It's morning where I am. It's 5.42. You're listening to the Accidental Muralist Podcast. My name is Pam Concierge and I'm talking kind of quietly because I'm sitting outside on my back deck and it's kind of early and I don't want to wake up my neighbors or Mark, but I have some thoughts today and the reason I'm sitting out here is because I it's been beautiful and sunny after a whole spring of rain and hail and more rain and snow and rain and hail and sun intermittently so the weeds are super happy and the plants are thriving so that's good I live next door to a house that burned down the week after we moved in I was the one who called it into 911. I've told this story to pretty much anyone who's visited us because they noticed the house next door that's a burnt shell and they ask about it. And that was almost five years ago. So for, for the entire time, minus that first week that we lived here, we've been looking out our kitchen window at a charred building covered with tarp that's falling apart and disintegrating so we also pick up out little pieces of blue plastic out of our yard constantly and this past week the the place went on the market there's a for sale sign in front and over the years of looking at this place well first why am I I'm I'm gonna tell a story of reimagining the normal expected thing that will happen is that a developer will buy this lot, they will build a big blocky duplex, because we do have infill, urban infill laws in Portland, which I think are generally, it's smart, where if you're gonna do a teardown and rebuild, you have to put multi-family dwellings on the property. You can't do replace it with single-family homes, so that that's, a way to address the housing crisis. However, there's not a lot of imagination that goes into these big blocky duplexes that are popping up everywhere. And I have another idea. So for my podcast today, I was my original plan was to sort of do a review of Heart School because we wrapped that up last time. But I have this imagination project that I've been working on and and it kind of fits into the entire theme of heart school because what I am in the process of doing right now is reimagining what could happen next door Um, my next step is to I've got lots of notes and I've been doodling about this but my next step is to write up something and either post it on the property next door or I will plan to send it to the realtor and or the developer the current owners maybe publish it more widely even if if nothing happens with this property my goal is that we can start to affect some change or or shift thinking because here's here's the problem what the expected mode oh the sun is just coming up and it's shining this glorious lustrous light on the two 
Douglas firs on that lot that I'm kind of in a horrified way thinking are probably, you know, if the normal course of events happens, those trees would come down, all the other trees, there's some fruit trees, um, all that would probably come down so they can build this blocky structure made of trees that have been cut and milled and changed from their natural round shape into flat squared boards that manufacturers can store and transport more efficiently and builders can build more efficiently so that humans can learn how to live in square spaces um, as we have done over time. Little side note, I went to the coast earlier this week, actually the day this house went on the market um, about a week ago, I went to Astoria and I love the ocean, it's kind of my sacred place. On the drive there and the way back, what you have to pass, and I want people who idealize Oregon for its wild scenery and beauty and nature to know this about Oregon, is that clear cutting happens everywhere and what you pass by on the roads, because they're not even trying to hide it anymore through strands of trees along the highways, what you actually pass by is some beautiful forested areas and many bald, chopped up areas where there's a hillside with nothing left but some stumps and logs that weren't good enough to mill because they were a little bit crooked and so those are left behind and there's just these big swaths of the hillsides that are bare and then you'll see the trees start again because that's where the logging company stopped chopping or that's going to be chopped down next month and I even passed this was almost more horrifying I could see it coming as I was approaching it and then I drove by a grove of trees that was in perfect rows. So these were pretty tall trees. I don't know how old they were, but you know, they've been there a while. They were planted in perfect rows so that as you drove by, you could see down each row all the way down because they were in perfect formation. That's not a thing that nature does. That's really not how it works in earth world um, and it was very creepy I felt like I was in a science fiction movie so it was actually really depressing my drive to and from Astoria my trip there was good and I'm glad I went and that's a whole other thing and that's not what this podcast is about but Oregon is a timber state and it's pretty much ravaged and really ugly um, except for in the places where there are still trees and hopefully not the kind that have been planted in tidy rows all evenly spaced so that is relevant because I've been doing a lot of imagining about what could happen in this lot next door instead of the expected 
cut down the trees, tear down the house. Um, there are also laws here where if it's past a certain age, which I think this house is, you, ha you can't just like blow it up and trash it all and bring it all to the dump. You have to deconstruct it and salvage the windows or the doors or anything that is salvageable um, and then trash the rest. You can't just throw it all in the away, wherever away is, that magical place that we don't want to think about. So, and then build the blocky new thing that has corners everywhere that humans have learned to live in, that thinking that that's how we're supposed to live. So I've been doing some imagining of what could happen there instead. So I'm going to tell you this story, and I hope you can hear the crows in the background while I tell the story. Um, because there are crows that nest in these trees, and I, we think that there are bats that live up there. I love bats. Um, there's a lot of wildlife. So when, another side note, when this house first burned down, like I said, a week after we moved in, at first we were like, why don't they do something with it? It sat there for, you know, a year and then two years, and it was probably about two years in, maybe even not that long, that we kind of changed our tune and we instead of thinking god what an eyesore why don't they tear this thing down and you know do something we started to actually really enjoy having this quiet property next door the cats love it the birds love it who knows what there's some holes in the ground that i'm not sure what critters live in there but the cats are really interested in whatever's living there there's some I can't remember right now what kinds of birds, I think some kinds of swallows that are nesting in the, above the porch. Um, there's been squirrels nesting in the chimney. You know, there's all kinds of stuff going on over there. And that is kind of cool to watch. And the neighbors are very quiet. Um, and there's no drilling and construction noises for the past five years so we've actually come to sort of like it and take care of it a little bit I go over and pop off the dandelion heads before they have a chance to spread everywhere and and I've been harvesting dandelion leaves and cooking them and the dug fir trees had all this weird wire and chain link and stuff around them which was basically just a trellis for ivy to grow up so a couple months ago I went out and spent the day sort of untangling the trees from all this stuff that was around their base and got that out of the way and we've been pulling down the, the bamboo that's dead and the vines that are twining around the bamboo and you know we we've done small things to sort of really for self-serving reasons like so all that stuff doesn't head over to our side of the fence but because nobody else seems to be doing anything on this property for the last five years we've kind of just you know we do the things <laughs> that we feel need to be done over there um i guess i'm outing myself somebody could get me bust me for trespassing but anyway that's been happening so, what could happen over there instead? 
the trees could stay. That's the first thing. The house could be slowly disassembled as it will be anyway. There's a lot of salvageable stuff, at least definitely in the back half because the fire started in the front. There's a pretty cool gazebo in the back that's like framed out of repurposed windows and structures. It's still standing and it actually seems pretty sturdy and there's some seating there and there's mosaic on the ground and somebody put a lot of creativity and love into building that thing. So I think that that could be refurbished and sort of um, reinforced a little bit. In place of the house that's there, that's a one-story sort of long skinny house because it's a long skinny lot, I am seeing two or three small cob houses. If you've been hanging around me lately, you know I'm kind of obsessed with cob building. It's a natural building material that uses clay, straw, and sand. Um, they're very sturdy. You could think of cottages in England. Um, it's something you do by hand, handful by handful, building up walls and using a foundation that could be stone or it could be broken up concrete, which, you know, that foundation next door probably has a lot of concrete that could be used for the foundations of, of these um, cob houses. So everything in the house can be curved, which curved walls are stronger than straight walls. So there's some engineering advantages for strength. Um, and I've stayed in one before and they feel like how humans were meant to live. I can't even describe the feeling of being inside an earthen home. Um, but it is lovely and I would like more people to have that opportunity. So including us. So this is my fantasy that plays out is that we build a cob house over there, maybe move into it and then I don't know what rent out ours or um, make it a community center. I don't know. So going on with my fantasy next door, if there are, let's say, two or three cob houses in the back half of the lot, the front half of the lot could be a big community garden. Neighbors could use different plots if they don't have space to garden in their own places. People in apartments in the area could use it. Um, I don't, in this fantasy as I'm playing it out, and I'm calling it a fantasy, but I actually plan on writing this up as an actual idea, and it might get laughed at and ignored, and that's okay, because I just want to put things in the world, because nothing in this world that exists right now, other than nature, who has her own imagination, things that humans have made started in someone's imagination, so it's got to start somewhere. Um, community garden in the front half, maybe there's sort of a gathering space, like a little round space with benches. I am involved in a flamenco community. We have these little parties called huergas where we play music and sing and dance and, and I'm envisioning not only inviting musicians to come by while we're building to make some music um, but also to have parties after we're after a work day or lunchtime 
um, break time. And the thing about natural building is it, it, you can't, like Mark and I could build a house just the two of us, but it's a great way to involve your friends and neighbors because many hands make light work. And so I see what could happen there as not, as addressing a lot of problems that our society is suffering from. One is isolation. I live on a, in a neighborhood that is an active commercial, has a great little commercial street, Alberta Street, lots of cool shops and restaurants and businesses, but much of the neighborhood, people kind of keep to themselves on our street. I know my neighbors' names, and there's some of them that I have conversations with, but we all pretty much kind of stay in our houses. So. If there is a community project next door, either building the garden spaces or building these houses, I would want to invite neighbors and friends to participate because working together on a project is a great way to build community. Um, I don't, I'm not seeing this next door as like a money-making opportunity, I'm just, in this fantasy scenario, we have purchased this lot or somebody, some community organization has purchased it. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to sort of imagine my way without making the money the center of it. Because, um, you know, imagine, like, what if we did some creative thinking that didn't put the money first or the money making or the... Yeah, what if, what if we just left that out for the time being? Um, so if isolation is a societal problem, which it is, which is leading to a lot of depression and anxiety and fear of each other and suspicion of our neighbors and mistrust and polarization and we're not talking to each other, so it addresses that by inviting people to come into the space and put some labor into it, work with their hands, do things that humans were designed to do, like talk to their neighbors and work together. Um, it takes out a lot of the construction noise because building with cob is quiet. There's not really machinery involved. You're doing things, you're mixing things with your feet you're building them with your hands, so less irritating of the neighbors. We could have the noise of, of music, that would be great, and conversation. Um, let's see, we could keep our southern light and build, oh, another, I saw an article in the Oregonian recently about how Portland is losing its tree canopy. So instead of sort of sighing and saying, oh, that's too bad, here's an opportunity to actually not contribute to the loss of Portland's tree canopy by actually leaving the trees intact. There are ways to build with cob, with natural building where you can make the walls thick enough to use passive so that they're sort of a passive heating system. So they're absorbing sunlight during the day and then that gets kind of radiated through the night. 
Um, so there's less need for, you know, air conditioners and there will be a need for a heater still because it gets cold here in the winter, but <coughs> you can reduce the cost of heating and cooling. Right now there are supply chain issues, so construction projects are extra expensive right now anyway because lumber is hard to find, things are stuck in shipping containers and ports or at sea in different parts of the world, so when you're building with cob, you're literally using the materials under your feet, you're digging up earth. If the soil is has a good clay content, you're using the soil that's right there, maybe adding some sand. If it's sandy soil, you're using that soil and maybe adding some clay. And there, likely there are materials that need to be brought in, but it's not at the scale of building a big blocky duplex where everything was demolished from the land, shipped to China to be manufactured into straight boards or wherever they do that. Actually, I saw where they do that in the lumber mills in Longview, which was another eyesore disaster area on the Columbia that is like a hellscape. But that's, that's our industry up here in the Pacific Northwest. We have beautiful nature and we are cutting it up into shreds to make toothpicks and toilet paper and and straight boards for your houses so the natural building literally you're digging up soil from under your feet to mix into the mixture to make the walls and there is much less need for purchasing things that were manufactured overseas or mined by child laborers in Africa or in Asia and then sent somewhere else to be made into little widgets and, and parts. So less reliance on the supply chain for, for every piece of your building. Community gardens, we have some food insecurity right now. I don't know if you've noticed prices of groceries going up as prices of gas are pretty high right now, but community gardens you know, if we're growing our own food or more of it, that sort of eases up that. It has been, there's an interesting kind of energy next door because even though, yes, it is a charred house that is unlivable and obviously burnt. Oh, one more thing about cob construction, speaking about burning things, is that it is, it's fireproof. It, you can't burn dirt. So if your house is made out of clay and soil with some straw in it, it doesn't burn. So that's become a concern in the Pacific Northwest with all the wildfires in the summer. So that's another advantage. So I was starting to say about the energy of that property next door, like even though it is an eyesore, it's got some good energy. For example, it has been tagged a little bit. However, <laughs> it's been really super positive tagging on the front of the house, probably about a month after it burned. Somebody wrote in spray paint, love me. A few months or maybe a year later, somebody added a giant heart next to where it says love me. So that's the front of the house. 
That's actually what I'm trying to do, by the way. On the back side of the house, facing the alley, there's an alley behind our houses. It, somebody wrote, Black Lives Matter, say their names. Across the alley on a piece of fencing that's just leaning up there, somebody sprayed in multicolor, kind of rainbow color spray paint, spread love. Okay, so this is the so-called, you know, vandalism that's happened to this property is that people are writing love messages on it. There's been no weird stuff going on and we live right next door and see into this entire property. There's basically hardly been any activity other than a little bit of love graffiti. Okay, so I'm going to quietly say that it's a different day and I'm going to talk a little louder because it is not 5.45 in the morning right now. So if you've had your your device up at full volume, you can turn it down. <laughs> I don't want to blast your ears. So I've given you a pretty good rundown of what's been going on in my imagination about this property next door. and. I want to, I'm not going to spend any more time fleshing out that fantasy. I want to talk a little bit more about why I think it's important to speak those things aloud and what I think we could benefit from in this world of ours that when you read the news, I find when I turn on the news for 10 minutes in the car, I feel totally depressed. And it makes, I'm actually pulling back a lot from listening to the news because it it affects me physically, um, but I don't want to have my head in the sand, and I think the best way to combat the very disturbing news is to focus energy on creative projects that can actually bring light and hope and joy and growth and meaning into our lives. Because um, in my experience, and I know out in the world, like sitting around complaining about how bad things are does not change anything. I want to go back to what I touched on a little bit earlier about speaking your dreams and your fantasies to other people in the world. I told these things, I've been brainstorming out loud with Mark for a while about this. I told one of my sisters the other day, I told a couple of friends, I told a couple more friends yesterday, and as I say it and hear myself say it out loud, and what really helps is that none of the people who I to have told so far, none of them are rolling their eyes at me or laughing or being like, well, good luck with that. Like, I think everybody knows by now that the way things are working in the world have not really worked. So my ideas that might sound crazy are really no crazier than this idea of white supremacy. They're no crazier than the idea of billionaires, some people being billionaires and other people not having enough food to feed their families. It's no crazier than, you know, like some people spending their money to fly in space when, you know, half the world could really use like clean water. Um, 
so I it gives me a little confidence like yeah it might sound unusual but we've got a lot worse ideas that we've been living that have been instituted and enacted into law and that we've gotten used to for the last hundred or a couple hundred years so I'm willing to risk sounding a little loony because we need some new imagination. However, it's not so easy because creativity and imagination is a muscle and it was hard for me before I got a few decades of sort of living and thinking like an artist and being somebody that people expected to have creative ideas. It was hard for me sometimes to even admit to myself my own ideas because I was kind of embarrassed by them. So if you're in that place, I understand that and I've been there and almost everything in our culture kind of conditions us to be that way because we're usually taught like there's one right way and that expert over there with all the degrees knows what it is and you're just, you know, like just be quiet and study the textbooks and then pass the test and then you might know something. But we need to be mining our own ideas and and I am fortunate that I have people around me who I can share these ideas with and they accept them and they listen and they kind of get excited in many cases and and I know that not everybody has that but I would like us to cultivate this is another one of my fantasies is that we live in a world where we can freely like just brainstorm and riff and imagine better systems and then who knows, you know, some things get picked up or somebody you say it to is like, hey, I've been thinking the same thing or I had this idea and if we put our two ideas together, this is like really cool and this could happen. And I know somebody who, you know, does that kind of work and we can connect each other. And this is how things work in the world. So if you have been sitting on an idea or maybe your idea is so far down because you're just in the habit of not letting yourself get excited about your ideas because you've never had that experience or been taught that your ideas were you know worth listening to um, you could start by writing them down bringing them out into the world that way just in a quiet personal space i always advocate doodling you know write them down and then like draw some little curly cues and embellishments and flowers around them or something see what happens and and then try telling somebody and I've been telling you if you're following along that I've been wanting to start and I plan to start offering one-on-one -on -one coaching but I couldn't think of what I wanted to call it creative creative courage coaching creativity tutoring I don't know everything felt clunky and I didn't know what I wanted to call this one-on-one -on -one work but the other day I thought um, maybe what it is is I want to be your imagination partner I want to be a person who can be a resource for you and I'll just say up front like I'm planning this to be a paid service although as I say that I'm like well I love doing this with my friends so it just depends maybe if I don't know you and if you know you might want to hire this service because or we might just get talking and it happens naturally I don't really care either way but if you are somebody who doesn't have people around you or has some idea that feels so ludicrous that you can't
can't even think who you would share it with. You could consider me being to be that person because I love brainstorming with people and I don't know that there would be any idea that would be too crazy unless it's like super selfish and self-aggrandizing and you know gross but that's not you because I know that that's not you so I can't imagine that there's an idea that you would bring to me that I would roll my eyes and say you're nuts I don't even know why you thought of that so that might be your worst case scenario and I can just tell you it's not going to happen because I love the energy of ideas and sort of bringing them out in the open and turning them this way and that way and seeing what could be a possible first step just you know we're not gonna if if we work together I'm not gonna tell you to quit your job and invest a hundred thousand dollars in some Thing, it's going to be like, what is the tiniest, tiniest first step that you could do to sort of nudge this idea forward an inch? And then we could start that way. So um, I think I like the term imagination partner because I don't, I don't need to be the teacher, coach, expert, you know, know it all. I like to, yeah, it, it's more of a partnership. And like I said, I'm, I'm thinking of this as a paid work, but maybe it's, maybe it's reciprocal. Maybe you quote unquote pay me in some other way that is not monetary and there's some kind of reciprocity and, you know, cause that's another way I like to work. So just throwing it out there. I do, now that I have a name that I like better, this imagination partner, I do plan to write it up on my website. I have not done that as of today, but you can look for that and, um, or you can just get in touch with me and we can explore something together because your ideas are no crazier than what is happening in the world right now. So we really, really need better imaginative ideas. Let's imagine things together. Um, and you know, in summary, that's what this episode has been about. Like, here's one thing I've been imagining and fleshing out, and here's how I'm thinking of it, and here's the problems it addresses, and here's how I can picture it in my mind actually working. And who knows what will happen with it, but it's good practice. It's all good practice. So let's go out there and practice speaking our imaginings and I know that some of them will start to happen or they'll turn into something even better than what we dreamed up on our own. So thanks for listening. This is Pam Concier. You've been listening to the Accidental Muralist podcast. If you're not signed up for my email list, I don't know why not. I don't know what you're waiting for. You should go over to allhandsart.com and you will see when you scroll down like just a tiny bit you'll see where you can sign up for my emails and um, and there's also ways to contact me through my website so thank you and go just let's just imagine the heck out of stuff we've gotta we've gotta come up with better ideas thank you see you next time <laughs>